Hello and welcome to the Chris Terrell Podcast. My name is Chris Terrell. And if you're new here, I've lost 125 pounds. It took me two and a half years to do that. And I have successfully been keeping that weight off ever since I got it down. Went from 290 pounds to 165 pounds. And here I sit ever since then, still between 165 and 170 pounds. And today is a special episode of the podcast. Today is episode 100. 100 episodes of the podcast. Wow, I I just never... When I first started recording this, I had no idea what it was going to become. And I think it's a fun metaphor for how life works. You know, we we often set out to do a new thing not knowing where it's going to lead. The podcast was started as something for fun because I just enjoyed the process of changing my life through weight loss. And I wanted to share that with other people. And so I started a podcast. And then I kept posting. I even took a little break. Then I had to come back. And then I was missing weeks here or there until finally one day I decided I'm not missing weeks. Every Friday, an episode's going to come out. I mean, I, I got to be on death's doorstep. And I've been pretty close a couple times. Still got an episode out. But what I wanted to do today... I've been really on the fence about what do I want to do for my 100th episode. And I've decided what I'm going to do. I wrote something a few years ago. I was attempting to get my story down on paper. But more real. And I've never really shared it outside of a few places, like with some of my members or some one-on-ones. And I shared a portion of it during the Mindset of Weight Loss Masterclass that I did last year. And I wanted to read it to you today. I decided this is how I want to spend episode 100. I want to reflect back on the beginning of where I'm at. Because when I look at what this story I'm about to tell you, the beginning of my journey and all the detail I'm about to give it, and I look at where I'm at now, gosh, that me in the beginning never would have been able to connect the dots. I never would have been able, I never would have been able to figure it out. And yet here I sit on the other end of that journey and I can connect all the dots because I can look backwards. I can see how all the decisions led me to where I'm at today. And many of you see and have gotten to know me on the other end of the journey. You You didn't know me in the beginning. You didn't know me in the middle. So... Let's go ahead and start. It was early May, 2019. I remember the call very well. My mom woke me up at night with a phone call to tell me she was taking my dad to the ER. His heart was beating really fast and they were worried. So they were gonna go to the ER and get it checked out. At the time, this set off all sorts of alarms in my head. My dad was the kind of guy who would never go to the doctor for stuff like that, unless it was like really bad. He was very much the suffer in silence type of person. I anxiously awaited the call the next day. And when they called, I was told his heart was okay, but there was something else that they had found. Scans revealed masses all over his lungs, and there was a 10 centimeter mass on his liver. Looked like cancer. Now in the moment I was in shock, What what could this mean? Cancer. What are they saying? Is it bad cancer? 
Is there such a thing as okay cancer? Because this sounds like it's not good. Then my dad told me he'd like me to come home to Arkansas from Kansas City, where I lived at the time. In that moment, I knew something was up. I could hear the fear in his voice, even though he was trying to hide it. So I immediately packed my bags and went home to Arkansas, got in the truck and started driving. I can still vividly remember the family meeting in the living room where we all gathered for him to inform us that he had hepatocellular carcinoma, liver cancer, and it was inoperable and that we were in miracle territory. The doctors gave him less than two months before, um, before he was going to be gone. Later that day, I was aimlessly driving around with my dad, alone, just the two of us in my truck. We were talking about what's next. Does he try the one potential treatment that was probably not going to work, that would also make what little time he had left miserable, or does he make the most of what's left? I told him that this life is his own journey. It's his choice to make. And while while I do have my opinions, it must be his choice. And that I'm going to support him no matter what he chooses. He thanked me and we sat in silence for a bit. I broke the silence after a minute to ask him a question. You see, he was my mentor in business and life. He was my friend. I had gotten his advice on so many things throughout my life, and he was always teaching me lessons, letting me make mistakes and helping me find the lessons in my errors while he helped me wipe the dust off of myself to keep moving forward again. I was now beginning to comprehend that I was about to lose this in my life. So I looked to him and said, Dad, there are any lessons you've been sitting on things you've been waiting to tell me till I was older or till I've gone through some experience. Could you tell me now, even if I won't understand? He sat there in silence for a moment. Then he said he'd think on that and he'd let me know. I went back to my home in Kansas City and a couple of weeks later he called me and he did have something to tell me, a piece of advice. He told me, to stop waiting around, that if there is something I want, to ask for it, and if I don't get it, to move on, to stop being so afraid of what might happen. At the time, we were talking about some work things. I had been really wanting a promotion, but I had never explicitly asked for it. I now realize later that he was talking about so much more than work. He was talking about life. Stop waiting around. And then, the unthinkable happened. In less than two months' time, from the moment we found out about the cancer, my dad passed away. At 68 years old, He took his last breath as he was surrounded by family in a quiet room 
And as my mother whispered into his ear, it's okay. We will be okay. You can rest now. And in that moment, he took his last breath. And he was gone. My best friend, my mentor, my dad was gone. I was alone. The unthinkable had happened. This wasn't supposed to happen. He had so many plans. There was supposed to be many more decades of happy memories. There was so much life that was supposed to be experienced. It's not fair. Why did this happen? What do I do now? I never felt more lost and alone than I did at that time. There was a hole inside of myself so big that it felt like it would swallow me up whole if I looked too far into it. I just wanted to escape the pain, to bury it up and not look at it. But the pain was too large to ignore. It was not something that could be covered up. All my normal modes of escaping my emotions, they didn't work anymore. The shock and grief and pain were so great that it would blast right past all of my normal coping and emotional avoidance methods. I felt I would crumble from the weight of it. I was exposed to something I had never been prepared for. Not that there was any preparing for this. I didn't understand that grief of this magnitude was possible. My father's passing flipped switches in my head that I, that I didn't even know were there. It fundamentally changed how I viewed the world, how I viewed life, how I viewed the most precious of all human resources, time. I now truly understand and realize for the first time in my life that time is a finite resource. There are no refunds or takebacks. Time that is spent cannot be gotten back. Regrets are pointless because the past can't be changed. However, I did have regrets. While I hope my dad had no regrets, I knew that he did. He was human after all. In the wake of my father's passing, with this new perspective on time, I began to reflect on my own life. And as I did so, I would think about his final piece of advice that he gave me. I internalized and summarized his entire final piece of advice into a single phrase. Stop waiting around. I began to realize there was so much in life I was waiting to do. Waiting for someone else to come and save me. I was waiting for some mystery motivation to show up. Of course, as I looked over my entire life, my battle my never-ending 
battle with my weight was front of mind. I wanted to tackle this desperately, but, but I just couldn't emotionally handle another failed diet. I just couldn't emotionally handle another miserable diet. I was in so much pain. And I didn't want to also be miserable trying to take care of myself. So there I was, unsure of what to do next. I didn't know where to go, but I knew I couldn't stay here in this moment. I had to stop waiting around. Then came a moment, a simple moment in time that altered the trajectory of my life. A simple challenge to do something different. Honestly, if I was not looking for it, I might have missed it. I might have stayed exactly the same. I might not have changed. A week or so after my dad's passing, I was back in Arkansas for the funeral. And the day after the funeral, I was getting food at Chick-fil-A with my sister Evelyn and her husband John. We were wrapping up our meal. Kids were playing in the playground, and we were just quietly talking about life. And in the middle of this conversation, there came a moment of silence. And in that moment, John looked at me, and he said, I'm worried about you, man. It was such a shock. I was in such shock from my dad's passing still that I, I didn't honestly have any emotional energy to react poorly to this statement. So I just sat there silently and listened. He continued, I want to give you a challenge. I just want you to move for 20 minutes, three times a week. Anything you want. It doesn't matter what it is. Just move. Instantly, I was thinking inside my head, come on, of course I can do that. I'm not that bad. Of course, I immediately, right after that, thought to myself, well, if it's so easy, why haven't you been doing it? So I sat there in silence for just a moment. And I just said, I can do that. That's what I said to him. I told him that when I get back home from the funeral in a couple of days, I'll start. Now this challenge came at the perfect moment in time. I wanted to lose weight, but I needed something that I could start with that wasn't gonna make me miserable. Stop waiting around kept swirling around in my head. Just start, just start. But where do I start? I thought. I took a moment and pondered on that question. Where? Where do I start? I didn't want to walk. And I didn't own a bike. And I didn't want to go buy yet another bike to only not ride it and sell it later. Because I had done that a few times. I was, however, a member of a gym down the street. And I never went to it. I decided to sign up like a year prior. But this gym had a pool. And many, many years ago on our prior weight loss journey, I had gotten into swimming and really fell in love with it. 
So I thought to myself, let's start there. I can do 20 minutes of swimming three times a week. It seems simple enough. <laughs> I even still owned all my swimming gear. And if I'm going to lose weight, I figured I probably needed to do something with the food. And I knew enough from a lifetime of yo-yo dieting that just moving 20 minutes three times a week was not going to be enough. Like, that was not going to get me across the finish line. But I didn't want to experience failure again. So what do I do? I was, I thought to myself, I'm starting super small with the exercising, so why not start super small with the food too? And I sat with that for a week or so. What do I do? What can I do with 100% certainty? Something I knew was impossible to fail due to outside circumstances. I couldn't handle failing something right now. So I just began lowering my expectations to the point where success was almost guaranteed, but still resulted in me doing something new. And as I began to think about weight loss in its purest form, I knew that I was certainly eating too much, but what is too much? I, I didn't know. However, eating less, I could do that. I mean, there was literally nothing stopping me from eating less than I normally do. I decided that I wouldn't eat unless I was hungry or unless it was a mealtime. That's it. I wasn't going to worry about what I ate, just only going to eat if I was hungry. I gave myself permission to say no to food if I wasn't hungry, no matter who asked me to eat. I decided in that moment that no one controlled what I put in my mouth but me. Hmm. So let's run with it. Little did I know that these two changes, working out for 20 minutes three times a week and only eating when I'm hungry, were going to fundamentally alter my entire life. I had just made the smallest, tiniest of course corrections to the heading of my life. Two small changes. I went to bed one way and I woke up the same, but with two small changes. Okay, so I'm swimming a bit and eating a bit less. What now? I wasn't so naive as to think these two changes alone were going to magically solve my weight loss issue. I knew that wasn't going to work. If it were that simple, we would not have an ever-growing obesity crisis in the world, I figured. However, I do have decades of diet experience under my belt. I decided that rather than doing the same stupid-ass diets again, I was going to try doing something new was going to take a concept from business that I used to use all the time. To get results you've never gotten before, you must do things you have never done before. Okay, I need to do something new. I told myself that my intuition was not something I could rely on like I thought I could before. If I could intuit how to lose weight, I would have done it by now. I decided instead that I was going to take the Edison approach. 
and instead stop looking at my old diets as failures and now look at them as just ways to not lose weight because they didn't work. Do something new. But, but what do I do instead? What do I change next? All I've successfully done at this point with this exercise is to recognize that I have no idea what I'm doing. None. I have a problem with no known solution and no obvious path forward. This should have left me feeling stuck and demotivated and frustrated, but it didn't. I felt excited. In this moment of cluelessness, it hit me. It was so obvious. Like, why hadn't I seen this before? I suddenly knew how to answer my question of what's next. While I was never able to conquer my weight and health, I had become very good at my job. Honestly, I sacrificed my health and my wellness for my job for a couple of decades. I had spent a large portion of my life pouring all of myself into my work. And naturally, I would gotten quite good at what I did as a result of that sacrifice. And over my career, I developed myself into a system and process guy. I referred to myself as a problem solver. I made it part of my identity. My passion is creating change, creating processes that drive sustainable transformations. In all honesty, the bigger the problem and the more complex the change initiative, the better. In my professional life, I wanted the problems no one else wanted. I wanted the unsolvable problems, the ones that would require insane amounts of intense study, dedication, creativity, and outside-the-box thinking. I prided myself on the ability to make the connections that others just couldn't see. To see solutions in a field of noise and chaos. This was my happy place. All right, so I view myself as a problem solver. I identify as a problem solver. I had spent decades crafting and creating a framework for creating change. I had used my framework many times on very large multi-million dollar projects with success multiple times. So why was I not using this in my own life for myself? I have the most intense, challenging problem staring me literally in the face, in my own face in the mirror, my weight. I still remember the moment where I made the conscious choice to manage myself like I managed work. This small and simple mindset shift and commitment to myself was yet another of countless teeny tiny shifts that propelled my life in an entirely new direction. This is who I am. I am a problem solver. 
and it was time to turn that skill towards myself for once, towards my own life. I decided that I was going to start using my skills on myself. Might as well, right? It was time to work my process for the betterment of my own life instead of just for my employer. And the best part about doing this for my own life is that I was finally free to work unencumbered by the process of company red tape, office politics, or needing to convince bosses and peers to do something that they don't understand. I would no longer be hindered by the need to explain my own intuition to others. I could truly do what I think is best without the need to explain myself to anyone. Well, as I started to think of it this way, I was starting to get kind of excited about this. And I realized it was time to get to work. The first step I always take when solving a problem is to first identify the root cause of the problem, clearly via a process I call root cause analysis. Root cause analysis requires you to look past the symptom, in my case, my excess weight, and finding the underlying cause of the symptom, that is root cause analysis. For a moment, think of a headache. If you take an aspirin for the headache, you may make the headache go away today, but what happens when it returns tomorrow? I guess you could take another aspirin or you could find out what's causing the headache in the first place and address that so the headaches don't return. To get to the root cause, I first looked at my past weight loss efforts so I could uncover the reasons why they didn't work and also to identify what aspects did work. There were lessons in the past and I needed to extract as many of them as I could. As I reflected over my past weight loss efforts to see where I failed, I quickly began to realize that I was too close to my own story. I just straight up couldn't see it clearly and I couldn't see it as objectively as I needed to. I was too close. I needed to compare my past weight loss strategies to something. Perhaps strategies employed by others, I thought. You know, I'm a believer in the power of modeling. I've always been able to learn how to do things by finding people who have achieved the results I want and then learning how they accomplish them. I do this so I can learn from them and to determine how I can replicate the results in my own life. It was time to finally employ this tactic with my own weight loss. I needed to compare my experiences to others so I could contrast my experience to theirs to give me objectivity of my own life. I decided I needed to see how I was similar to others who had failed at weight loss. And I needed to see where I was different from those who had been successful. Felt a little bit like Johnny Five in Short Circuit. Input, I need more input. Oh God, that makes me feel old that I know that reference. So to gather more input, I started crawling the internet day after day, night after night. I was consuming hundreds of stories of those that lost weight and who had successfully kept it off. I needed to uncover the reasons why I always failed and why they didn't fail. I also started looking at the past and present efforts of all my friends and all my family who have been battling weight. What were the commonalities among all the stories? What were the trends? You see, I had always assumed the problem was my inability to lose excess weight. However, this time, 
I was bringing my business experience with me to help solve this problem. And with that mindset, I knew the obvious issue is never the actual issue. This means my inability to lose excess weight can't be the actual issue, and it must instead be the symptom of something else. But a symptom of what? I quickly began to realize that I needed way more information to answer that question. So I widened my search. I widened my search for information to also include people who never had had a problem with weight. People who had never been overweight. What were these people doing that prevented them from gaining weight? I refused to accept the answer of, it's just genetics, or I guess they have a fast metabolism. Because I refused, absolutely refused, to accept that the solution lied outside of my control. And a new mindset was born. If they can do it, so can I. If they can do it, so can I. I began to tell myself that constantly. I began asking my thinner peers, coworkers, friends, and family questions about their relationship with food. I started asking them about their exercise habits. How do they deal with emotions? What was their decision-making process for what they chose to eat or not eat? I started to look around me in the world and see how other people ordered food and drinks in restaurants and see how it differed from how I like to do it. What do thin people drink at parties? Started paying attention to how they casually spoke about food, exercise, and just life in general. I would ask them how they handled emotional stress. How did these thin people cope with emotions because surely they had emotions? I didn't think emotions were something only to fat people. I was relentless in my pursuit of additional input. In the midst of collecting information, it hit me. I realized the problem. I realized why I couldn't lose weight and keep it off. Damn it, it was so obvious again. I don't know why I hadn't seen it before. It was painfully obvious. I now realize I had been told the answer for decades, but it never clicked inside my own head. It never made sense till this moment. You see, I always thought the problem was I didn't know how to lose weight. Since I thought that, I was always tackling my weight head on, which was totally the wrong approach. I finally understood that my extra weight was a symptom of the real problem. The real problem is that I didn't know how to not gain weight. I spent so much of my time and energy being focused on losing weight that I never devoted any energy to revealing to myself why I gained weight in the first place. I never actually learned how to prevent weight gain. Since I never learned how to prevent weight gain, every single time I lost weight, I would always gain it back, plus more. Why? Because I never addressed the real problem. I always put the weight on because I was the same person as when I started. I would lose the weight, then return to the life I lived prior to starting any weight loss efforts. Since I never made any changes that addressed why I gained weight in the first place, I just created an endless cycle. Think of this like a boat that's taking on water. You would see the water level rising, grab a bucket and begin to scoop the water and toss it overboard. 
I was using a bucket to get water out of my boat, but I wasn't ever plugging the leak. Until I plugged the leak, my boat was going to continually fill up with water. It was an endless cycle of diet, gain, diet, gain, diet, gain. Sheesh. Sounds exhausting, doesn't it? Keeping weight off. Keeping weight off. Well, I'd never tried that. <laughs> I didn't even know what that looked like. I, I think I just found a blind spot in my perspective. I began to realize that people who had successfully lost, lost weight were leaving a trail of breadcrumbs to that revelation. Have you ever heard the phrase, you gotta make it a lifestyle when people talk about losing weight? This phrase is referring to the fact that changes need to be permanent. Unfortunately, that was just too cryptic of a statement for me to make the connection. And so it went whoosh right over my head for decades. Because you see, all I had ever heard was learn how to diet easily forever. Which, of course, looking backwards, just seems like a totally dumb conclusion. But I'm not immune from being a bonehead. So my problem was my lifestyle. Huh. I needed to modify my default baseline, everyday, normal lifestyle. And I needed to do so in such a way that I would no longer gain weight. All the stupid and miserable diets I had tried in the past made no mention of what to do once the weight was gone. The fact is, I was fooling myself whenever I said keto was going to be my way of life forever. When a doctor put me on shakes for all my meals and had me only eating 800 calories a day while I took prescribed appetite suppressants, what exactly was that teaching me? <laughs> Nothing I could use long term, that's for damn sure. I was never learning how to evolve my current lifestyle habits or routines. I was instead just nuking my entire life and relationship with food overnight and replacing it with only unsustainable options. As an example, whether I want to admit it or not, I use food to manage my emotions. It was a coping mechanism I had inadvertently cultivated and fully integrated into every facet of my life. And if I take away the foods that I was using for that purpose, I now am missing my key coping mechanism for managing my emotions. And these emotions will still need to be dealt with. Well, well no wonder all these miserable diets didn't work. Because overnight, I would take away all my methods of dealing with my mental and emotional health and replace it with... Crickets. I would replace it with... Nothing. It doesn't take a genius to see the lunacy of that solution. No wonder all of my past diets failed. I was setting myself up for failure from the word go. With every single one of these diets, the only thing I was dealing with was with the food. Okay. I'm now realizing I don't know how to not gain weight over time. Hmm. Time to ask myself a new question, I suppose. Now my question is, why do I keep gaining weight whenever I'm not dieting? At first, I thought the question was lack of willpower discipline. However, remember what I said before. The obvious issue is almost never the actual issue. Dig deeper. 
as I dug into this question, I started to realize that the answer to that question has nothing at all to do with willpower and motivation. As I critically assessed my life and my failed weight loss attempts of the past, I began to clearly see and understand that the reason I gained weight is because of my lifestyle, my habits, and routines. All of those were set up to help me gain weight easily over time. In addition to my lifestyle, habits, and routines, I had deeply adopted mindsets, principles, and perspectives on myself and of the world that all but guaranteed I would gain weight. These mindsets and perspectives were so deeply ingrained within me that it was also making it hard for me to make any changes. The fact of the matter is this. I had spent decades creating a life where slowly and steadily gaining weight was easy. It's not like I was consciously choosing to gain weight. I just needed to live the life I created. I lived my life and I gained weight. I was doing everything possible to ensure that I would gain weight over time. I've determined that I now need to address why I gained weight. I quickly began to realize that this was going to require a much, much bigger and a more holistic approach to solve my weight for real. I was going to need to look at my entire life. All of it. Ugh. As the enormity of this challenge sank in, I started to clearly realize that this was not going to be a quick fix. I started to come to terms with the reality that I did not get myself into this mess quickly. And I wasn't going to get myself out of it quickly either. I mean, this was going to be a massive amount of change. Massive. However, tapping into my professional background, I know that big changes are best made in small steps made consistently over time. There's less disruption to a business operation that way. And I wanted the least amount of disruptions to my daily life. So I figured I'll apply the same philosophy of applying incremental changes to my life. You see, my life, just like your life, is no different from any complex business operation. If small changes are made consistently over time to achieve the best results for a business, stands to reason it would be much better in my own life to take the same approach. I've now redefined what it means to be successful on my journey of losing weight. All other weight loss journeys were defined by the number on the scale going down, preferably quickly with big numbers. That's it. That is the only metric that mattered. In this new way to view it, however, my success was now defined as not gaining more weight 
or losing weight slowly, less than two pounds per week average. I now realize that as long as the scale wasn't going up, I was moving in the right direction. Just stopping gaining weight was going to be a victory. I needed to be brutally honest with myself and recognize that I seriously sucked at not gaining weight. I mean, this is a pretty new way of thinking about things. Once I'd made the shift in my head, however, I felt something in my own mind. I slowly began to realize that now my subconscious was helping me. I had no idea if I could or couldn't maintain weight. And until this point in my life, I had never even attempted to maintain with intention. For me, weight loss had always been binary. I was losing weight or I was living my pre-diet gaining weight life. That's it. There was no middle ground. The diets I had been doing previously were clearly not going to be a permanent way of life for me. And I didn't have anything else to shift to when I stopped quote unquote dieting. So naturally I went back to the old way of living each time. And because of that, my weight would climb back up. And the longer I waited to go on another diet, the worse the weight got. Well, it would be better to just stop the gaining weight. Well, I mean, this makes so much sense when I look backwards. I couldn't lose weight because my own subconscious knew I wouldn't know what to do when I got there. My mind was saying, hey, if you can't keep it off now, what's the point of even losing it? My conscious and subconscious mind were not in alignment. And the change is really hard to achieve when your subconscious is not going along on the ride, when it's working against you. After my realization of the problem, I spent the next six months redefining in my own head what it meant to be losing weight. I was frantically identifying new patterns to adopt and recondition myself from decades of horrible diet culture selling me quick fixes. I started to realize I needed to not only change my actions, but I needed to change my mindsets and thought patterns. No action occurs without a thought at some point preceding it. So, rather than tackling just the actions, it made sense to start tackling the thoughts. You see, I didn't count a single calorie for the first six months of my journey, and I hardly got on the scale. I became singularly focused on changing my mindset towards my life, my future, and time. I started practicing the cultivation of new habits and routines. In the past, I always looked at diets as a list of things I needed to cut out of my life. This time, success was what new things can I add to my life? What new foods? What new places to eat at? What new exercises? More importantly, it became, what new mindsets do I need to adopt? What new perspectives on myself did I need to adopt? Instead of focusing all my efforts, obsessing over my hunger and trying to white knuckle my way through a miserable diet, I spent my energies modeling others who had a life I wanted. Studying the thin or in-shape people in my life reading stories of others who had lost weight and kept it off. Success always leaves clues, and I was looking for the breadcrumbs left behind by those that had lost weight and kept it off. 
If others were successful at this, then I could be successful. And I just figured out their process. The internet has thousands of tales of those who have done it successfully, and they're happy to share their stories. I just needed to look for and find the common trends. These common trends are what I call critical success factors. As I identified these, I realized I needed to model those success factors. Now, modeling is not a new concept. It was one I was very familiar with. I first learned about modeling in my teenage years, uh, reading Tony Robbins' books that were given to me by my dad. I suppose modeling could be compared with mimicking, but that would be a massive oversimplification of what it is to model the success from others, and it would entirely miss the key element that makes it work. Modeling involves learning the formula of another person's results and then replicating them in your own life. Many people first, when many people first learn about modeling, they, they think it means just copying another person's actions. However, it goes far beyond just copying another person's actions. In addition to learning another person's actions, you must also learn the other person's system of beliefs and then adopt those beliefs as your own. That right there, that right there. Adopting a new belief system, that is the hardest part of weight loss. That, however, is where the deep and meaningful change occurs. Not on the scale, but inside your mind. Now, I had spent 34 years at that time creating a fantastically effective model for being obese. My model had been tested in all sorts of situations. It had been tested during busy times, slow times, vacations, family events, holidays, work, home, camping, road trips, hotels, you name the conditions. And I had tested my strategy for being obese out in it. I developed a system for being obese that could withstand every single one of those environments. You could literally place me anywhere and I knew how to handle it. I made it easy as possible to stick to my model for obesity, so much so that it became totally effortless for me to adhere to it. Now, it wasn't assembled quickly. It actually took me many, many decades to develop it. I had to really stress test my model for obesity. Many times, in fact. It was actually, I, I stress tested it so much, it became so wonderfully resilient that even the most brutal of diets failed to derail my long-term adherence to my model. Wow, wow. Talk about an effective model and strategy. I created the results in my life of being morbidly obese. If someone were to model me, they would gain weight. What is my model for obesity? Allow me to give you a few parts for my personal obesity model. Now, understand, this is my actual life, well, past life, that I'm about to describe. This is not made up. This is not hyperbole. In fact, I'm leaving out a lot and downplaying some of it. So allow me to read to you my Chris Terrell model for obesity. First, it involves moving as little as possible. 
If there is a way to do something that involves less physical effort, it's best to choose that one for optimum results. My obesity model also means I need to eat. However, I'll need to eat food on a schedule, regardless if I'm hungry or not. As an example, get two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits from McDonald's every morning for breakfast, even if it means being late for work. Never skip it, even if you're not hungry. In fact, any level of hunger should be avoided at all costs. The moment I feel hungry, I should start telling myself how terrible it feels and start thinking about how good it will feel to eat something. Aim my thoughts at food. You should make sure to get, I should make sure to get my money's worth anytime food is being purchased. In fact, it's usually a better value to order the larger meal. So I should always make sure to get it. I should never throw away anything either. If there is food in front of me and it tastes good, I should repeat the following phrase to myself. It's only one or two bites. It would be a shame to waste them. Make, I needed to make sure I have the belief that I should never waste food that tastes good. Now exercise, well, to model my obesity formula, it's best to negatively talk about exercise as much as possible. Make sure to say things like, I don't like exercise, even if I've not done it in decades and don't actually know for sure if I do or don't. It'll help tremendously if I also use food to regulate my emotional state, both negative and positive. Anytime I'm meeting with another human, it'll be good to have food there to enhance the experience. To really cement this mindset, it'll help to complain about a lack of food at functions or to complain anytime the food isn't very good. I need to let food decide the success of a function when other humans are there as much as possible. In addition to all of that, I should equate food with the most powerful of all human emotions, love. I should use food to show love for others. I should use food to receive love from others. And I should use food to show love to myself. Whenever I'm feeling a lack of love in my life, I can make sure I show myself love by giving myself foods that I love. And I should say things like, I deserve this. Whenever I realize I'm eating and I'm not hungry. At all costs, I should never set aside any time for just spending time with myself. My obesity model is so much easier to do if I never sit alone with my thoughts for too long. I need to make sure I have a steady stream of music, TV, movies, games, podcasts, audiobooks, and social media pumping into my mind to take up even the smallest moment of quiet alone time. Lastly, I would need to make sure to tell myself over and over and over and over again that I can't lose weight. I need to say it as much as possible. I need to say it so much that I believe it down to my bones, into my core. I need to make sure I am mean to myself in my head too. By the way, that helps. Anytime I step out of line or do something wrong, I need to remind myself of how terrible and lazy I am. And I should never allow myself to believe that I could change my weight. It'll help to stay off scales because this will actually be so much harder to stick to if I'm feeling any sort of negative feelings about how big I was getting. I should avoid pictures too. I should avoid situations where my ever-growing size would come up. I should create as little awareness to my size as possible. Interesting. Eventually, I'll even begin to train my mind to see myself differently in mirrors. I will not see how big I am. Now that right 
there, that's when I know I'm doing the model right. I wish I could tell you that that obesity model is an extreme example. And for those that have never battled weight, this all may sound very foreign, but for me and for many, many others, this model was my reality or some version of many others. I'm just simply writing down my own model from my actual life. I'm still leaving out pages of information. Pages. Identifying my obesity model was essential for me. I needed to be able to clearly articulate how I was achieving my results. Why? Well, if I don't know what I'm doing currently, how will I know what needs to change? I needed to be able to clearly define the problem so that I could create an effective, efficient, and adaptable strategy for solving the root cause of the weight that I carried. I spent the first six months of my weight loss journey digging into my own life while at the same time consuming everything related to successful weight loss that I could get my hands on. A sustainable weight loss model. That's what I needed. Now, in my programs, I outline the model I created and I walk others through the required mindsets to help people break down, establish habits that don't help an individual sustainably lose weight. Now, I'm going to talk about some of it throughout the rest of this podcast episode. And if you follow this model, if you follow what I'm teaching, you will lose weight and keep it off forever. However, I don't want to sugarcoat this. There are some realities of my approach that will be drastically different from any other approach you've taken in the past. And before I take you through some of this, I want to manage a few expectations and tell you about some things you should expect to happen in this process. I don't want you to be blindsided. A lot of people think we shouldn't talk about the hard parts of losing weight. That if we, a lot of people think if we talk about them, people will not want to do it. I honestly feel entirely differently about this. I believe you are stronger than you realize. That your potential and capacity to endure is massive and maybe even unrealized by yourself. I truly believe that you are sick and tired of people coddling you and sugarcoating reality that for just once you want someone to give it to you straight and let you make your own damn choice. Now, before we get into the process of losing weight, I want to review several ways that what I do is different to what you've experienced before. Now, as I go through this list of differences, I want you to remember something, a very simple truth about yourself. That simple truth is that you're a champion who's filled with greatness, even if you don't believe it right now. I promise that you are someone who has the capacity to accomplish what you believe to be impossible. I was you. I am you. I know what it feels like to stare up at that 50,000 foot mountain and feel so overwhelmed with the enormity of the challenge in front of you that you become just totally paralyzed. I'm here to tell you that you can climb that mountain. You can't climb it all at once. You can't climb it quickly but you can and you will climb it one step at a time. You will do it. You will need to take breaks. You will need to catch your breath from time to time. 
You might even find you've taken a wrong path at one point and need to double back. But you can, and you will do this. Always remember, you're capable of overcoming hard things. The simple truth is you can do hard things. The weight loss industry is always trying to sell a quick fix, promising drastic results for less effort and less time. I want to get this out of the way from the onset. What I teach will take a painfully long time. You didn't gain the weight quickly, you're not going to lose it quickly. If you lose weight too quickly, you're probably going to fail in the long term. It's a bold statement and one that I'll gladly stand by. I will admit, there have been some individuals who've been able to lose weight and keep it off long term. I can also assure you that these people are in the extreme minority. Usain Bolt runs a 100 meter sprint faster than any human on earth. Just because he can do it doesn't mean you can. Look, some people strike genetic gold and pair it with a ridiculous work ethic and determination. The reality is, you are more than likely not the Usain Bolted weight loss. So just settle in. Accept the reality of you being on this wonderful transformation journey for a couple of years. Release your expectation of fast weight loss. Release your expectation of the scale moving every week. You will 100% certainly have weeks, maybe even a month or two, where the scale just doesn't move. This is normal. This is expected. This is necessary. And on this beautiful, wonderful journey of transformation, you're going to experience change. You're going to learn things about yourself, things you don't know right now. You're going to learn things about yourself that will become some of the most prized personal revelations of your entire life. However, you will also come face to face with your current self. Not all at once, but over time. You will begin to see who you really are on the inside. As you progress along this journey, you will begin to see your own greatness and strength. You will also see your struggles, your weaknesses, your pain. As you face these things, you will have to make a choice. You'll have to make a choice to stay the same, to do what you've always done or a choice to change to do something different, something unknown. To get results you have never achieved before, you will have to do things you have never done before. Sometimes you will change right now and sometimes you'll change later, but you will change. Along this road of change, you will feel feelings somewhere inside of you wanting to quit, to give up. You will hear that other side of your mind shouting, go back. This isn't worth it. When that happens, and it will happen, recognize that this is your fear talking to you. The unknown is terrifying. Prepare yourself for these moments. They will come. They'll be right there for you to face. You will face your fears about yourself. You will also overcome them. And as you do, you will slowly become the greatest version of yourself you've ever met. You will become more than you ever thought you could be. You will believe in yourself in a way you never thought you could. To quote Les Brown, you will step into your own greatness. And when that day happens, when you feel yourself step into your greatness, it will have nothing to do with a number on the scale. I need you to know something. While this part of the journey is gonna be hard, you can handle this. You can do it. You can do hard 
things. You're going to look in the mirror at some point along the way and not recognize the person staring back at you, both literally and internally. You will feel many, many emotions about this. I won't presume to tell you what you're going to feel exactly, but I'll tell you this. It's going to be a beautiful moment. When you meet the new you for the first time, it'll be a beautiful moment. When you step out from the shadow and into the light of your own life, you will look at yourself now in this moment, five years in the future. You will look at you now and say, thank you. Thank you for sacrificing for me. You will thank yourself. Now, a detailed and customized success formula for your weight loss and weight maintenance plan, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist because you have not written it yet. I'm going to teach you principles of weight loss. If you come join me in my guild of champions, I will teach you everything I know. You will learn from others. You'll be taught how to work on your emotional strength and given guidance for how to develop mental toughness. However, these will not be enough to ensure long-term success. This is where you come into the picture. You see, I and many others can teach you the mechanics of weight loss. However, the fully customized practical application can only be determined by you. You must make your life your own test laboratory. A test lab where you take the principles of weight loss and weight management and see how you can work them into your life. Along this journey, you'll need to determine how you're going to approach all kinds of scenarios. How are you going to handle birthday parties, family dinners, going out to eat, work functions, vacations, anniversaries, traveling, emotional heartache, holidays, etc. How are you going to navigate each and every one of these situations and many more? You're going to have to test out your strategies for each one of those in each one of those situations, seeing what works and reinforcing it, seeing what doesn't work so you can update and adapt your strategy for the next time. Every solution and lifestyle change you make will need to be evaluated in two critical areas, sustainability and enjoyment slash tolerability. This is a massively difficult, different approach to typical diet solutions where those two elements are completely irrelevant. doesn't matter. A lot of quote unquote weight loss only focused companies and programs are just pitching you unsustainable quick fix solutions. These unsustainable solutions don't serve you and honestly only damage your success for long term. Another crucial part of losing weight slowly and sustainably is you're going to need to endure hard and inconvenient times. There are very few universal absolute truths about health and wellness. I'm talking about law of gravity kinds of truth. And I like to be very careful about what I state as an absolute fact. However, there are some things I can say with certainty that they are universal truths. And one of the universal truths is that your life will not be easy all of the time. Life shows up when it's not convenient and messes up even the best laid plans. I'll talk about this more in detail later on, but due to this universal truth, it is of the utmost importance that your weight loss and weight maintenance strategy be effective, efficient, and adaptable. This leads to another absolute truth. 
if you can't adapt your strategy to fit the circumstances in front of you, you're going to fail. You're going to quit and you're going to gain all the weight back. In addition to life showing up, you're going to also experience normal aspects of life that make it hard to stay on track. You'll be presented with reason after 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 reason to put your program on hold. Every time you turn around, you're going to have another reason to put your program on hold. Your old life is going to tempt you to return to it over and over and over again. On occasion, you'll even have a hard time explaining to yourself why you're not quitting. This is the hardest one of them all. The biggest difference between what I'm going to teach you and what every other diet has done When life shows up, you must find a way to stay on track with your weight loss goals. Hard times are coming. They're coming. It's a certainty. I don't know when, but they're coming. And when these hard times arrive, when you feel like you can't continue on, I want you to hang on to this other phrase from Les Brown. Hard times have not come to stay, but have come to pass. In these hard times, I want you to look deep within yourself. Find your inner greatness. Find your inner champion. Find that little bit more inside and hang on. Hang on. There's one tip that I picked up from someone ahead of me on this journey. That one tip was this. For the love of God, don't give up. Stay on track at all costs. Now I said you need to stay on track at all costs. But what does stay on track mean? mean? What does that mean? Stay on track. The answer to that question that I'm going to teach you is very different from all those other stupid ass weight loss solutions out there being peddled in the world. Most of these other solutions, staying on track means you have to adhere to some silly set of rules like no bread or working out seven days a week or that the scale has to go down every single week. I'm going to teach you that staying on track now means losing weight or not gaining weight. That's it. That's it. Staying on track now means it's okay to maintain. I'm going to say this again because I know some of you right now are hearing me, but you're just totally ignoring this and rejecting it. So I'm going to just say it really simply. It's always a win to maintain. It's always a win to maintain. The reality is that for some periods of time, only maintaining your weight is the right choice. There will be periods of time or days where maintaining will take all of your strength. And I'm here to tell you that it is okay if all you have the strength to do today is maintain. It's okay if life has taken so much from you recently that you just don't have enough energy left to devote to living in a caloric deficit. And so you'll just maintain. Now, the first step of this, though, we've got to clearly define your objective. And here I'm going to wrap up with, some, with a lesson for you. Now, before I get into the, this last little bit of a lesson, I want to invite you to come join the Guild of Champions. This is my weight loss community that I created. It was the community I wished I had when I was losing my weight. And as a special 100 episode of the podcast, I'm going to send you on a little quest. 
In a recent episode of my podcast, there was a code given at the end. This code will waive the joining fee. If you can find that code and you can enter it, you will be able to join the guild with no joining fee. This offer will only work until March 30th. On the 31st, it will not work. It will only work for one week. So if you want to join the guild with no joining fee and you're here for episode 100 of the podcast, that code will still work for you. So between March 24th and March 30th, 2023, you can find that code in the last few episodes. I'm not going to tell you where it is. You can join with no joining fee. I'd love to have you come be in the guild and learn everything that I've learned about weight loss and be welcomed into a community of amazing people all seeking to lose weight the same way. So let's wrap up. This has been a much, much longer episode than normal, but it's a special one. An effective and efficient and adaptable weight loss strategy is one that you will consistently adhere to over a period of time. It is also going to help you achieve a clearly defined objective. Now, I use the words there of clearly defined on purpose. I use those two additional words because clearly defined objective will directly impact the kinds of solutions you select to lose weight. There needs to be zero ambiguity about what your objective is. Chances are you have been using a vague and imprecisely defined objective until today. If my objective was simply lose weight, then the reality is I was wildly successful with all of my past diets. Keto totally worked. In fact, it worked more than once. I lost hundreds of pounds collectively over the decades through keto. So if my objective was to lose weight, why was I not happy? Why was I not happy with the end result? I wasn't happy because I never stopped to take a moment to understand what my objective actually was. I was thinking far too simplistically and far too short-sighted whenever I was losing weight in the past. This time, I, when I decided I was going to lose weight for the last time, I knew I needed to be clearer about my objective. So my previous objective was lose weight. My new clearly defined objective is now lose weight and keep it off. Now these sound similar. However, the second part of the clearly defined objective totally alters the criteria of what solutions I would pick. As an example, if you only need to lose weight, then going on another keto or stupid ass shake diet will be very effective. You know, those diets you did in the past that resulted in some weight loss, if you're anything like me, you were probably successful in several previous diets. I mean, think of the cumulative total of all the weight you have lost over the decades. If your objective is to simply lose weight, then honestly, crash dieting is kind of great. It works really fast. However, if your objective is to lose weight and keep it off, well, suddenly those crash diets don't look so good anymore. They don't look so good because even the slightest bit of critical thinking will show that these diets completely fail to teach anyone how to keep weight off once it's lost. And on top of learning nothing useful in the long term, people employing those strategies often lose weight so quickly that they don't even have time to figure out maintenance before they reach the goal weight. This is assuming one even sticks to the miserable diet long enough to even reach their goal weight, which I'll cover some other time. In my own life, I began to realize I didn't have a problem with losing weight. I never had a problem with losing weight. In fact, I was really fucking good at it. 
What I had a problem with was maintaining my weight regardless of the size I was at. I honestly just simply never devoted any time to learning how to do it. It was never once ever in my life a priority beyond maybe a month or two to maintain my weight. I was now beginning to realize I needed to learn how to maintain my weight in addition to losing weight. Well, this now means any weight loss strategy I choose to implement must now account for needing how to maintain on purpose. And until this realization, I had always looked at weight management as a binary thing, gaining or losing. Until this moment, that's all I'd ever done. I'd never maintained my weight for any significant period of time. I had never learned how to intentionally keep the weight off while being happy at the same time. And honestly, any periods of weight maintenance that I had experienced in the past was just purely an accident. Okay. So the plan is to lose weight, then figure out how to maintain my weight once I got it, once I lost it all. Well, not so fast. There's a problem with that approach. I'm going to go back to my own experience. While I had never thought about it explicitly, I passively knew I would need to learn how to maintain my weight after losing it. The issue with that approach is I had already tested it many times and it didn't work a single time. I always lost quick weight quickly, and then I would try to learn how to keep it off. However, generally speaking, by the time I lost any weight, I was already in fuck it mode, and I had no interest of learning how to keep it off. I just wanted to stop thinking about food. I found another blind spot. I was yet again being far too binary and simplistic with regards to a weight management. I always knew I needed to maintain weight once I got it off but I had never stopped to think about this critically and intentionally. As I saw it, I really only had three choices. I could learn how to maintain weight after I lose it all. I could learn how to maintain weight while losing weight, or I could learn how to maintain weight before losing weight. Back to my own story. As I reflected on all my previous weight loss attempts, I realized I always knew I would need to learn how to maintain weight. But I always wanted to get the weight off, then deal with learning maintenance. In fact, I had actually tested that many times, and it never worked. And I was getting quite sick of the insanity route, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again, hoping for a different result. So I opted to do this an entirely different way. This time, I decided to integrate weight maintenance into my weight loss strategy. This means my objective, my clearly defined objective, now needs to be this. Lose weight and keep it off while also learning how to maintain weight before losing all the weight. If you can't maintain your weight, losing it isn't going to help. You will not magically know how to keep it off when you're smaller. In fact, it's going to be harder than maintaining where you are now because you'll have to eat less food than you've been eating. I once tried to collect all the knowledge on how to lose weight when the entire time what I should have been doing was collecting the habits of thin people. I needed to look at the habits in my life that weren't serving me and evolve, and evolve or replace them into something that did. Something that resulted in weight maintenance. And then I could artificially create the weight loss. To lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. That is not supposed to be your way of life forever. 
You're not supposed to gain weight, lose it, gain weight, lose it, gain weight, lose it indefinitely. That's called yo-yo dieting. I don't want your management strategy, your weight maintenance strategy to be one of yo-yo dieting. I want you to be able to live within a window of weight, comfortably, naturally, without an obsessive amount of critical thought. However, it is gonna take time to get there. I said in a couple of episodes recently that I once thought my objective was to help you lose weight quickly, to shorten your learning curve, and that is part of my mission. But I realize now the best way I can get you there quickly is to help you not quit, to keep your head in the game, to keep you focused, to keep you believing in yourself and believing that it's possible, to help you strategize how to overcome your current struggles. And I also wanted to create a community that you can come to and get support of the right kind. And I've tried the free communities and they're great. I have an incredibly great free community but there's something more that can be given. And I wanna invite you to come join the Guild of Champions, to come join us over there. And let me and everybody else help you obtain the body and life of your dreams. Today was all about the beginning of my journey as I reflected back on where I was. Here I sit many, many years later from when, I, from when all these details happened. I'm living a life that I didn't, I didn't know could even be had. I live in a body that I didn't even know was possible. I can do things that I thought were impossible and now they're, now they're done. And I'm moving on to other things beyond that that just seemed unfathomable. You can have the same experience too, but it takes time. It takes time to get there and I want to invite you to come join as I said you can find that code that little easter egg you can put that in at checkout the link to use is in the bio everything you need is in the bio of this podcast I want to wrap up with this thank you thank you thank you for listening to the podcast thank you for watching my TikToks thank you for engaging in my Facebook group thank you for sharing what I do with others. Thank you for helping others. Thank you for working on yourself. Thank you for choosing to believe in yourself a little bit more every day, every week, every month. Thank you for helping others by giving your either words of support or letting your example light the way. I know many people don't I don't get to hear from directly. Many of you I do, but many more, I never hear anything from you, but I want you to know, I know you're there and I know you're working hard and I know you're working to create the life of your dreams. I know you're the hero of your own story and that you want so desperately to live a life of fulfillment, a life of joy, a life of peace. And this weight loss journey is an amazing journey. I was sad when mine was over because it taught me so much about myself. Upgrading your life is worth it. It's worth it because you're worth it. It's worth it because your life is worth it. Thank you again for giving me the opportunity to have this podcast 100 episodes later. I look forward to another 100. I wonder where we'll go, what we'll learn together, how your life will change, how I'll change, 
My journey didn't end when I crossed the finish line of the weight loss portion. I'm in the maintenance phase of my journey. And it teaches me a lot too. I can't wait to meet some of you on this side of the journey too as you continue to listen to the podcast. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next week on the Chris Terrell Podcast.